This is Stanley here with Rooted 2-7, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. We have Shama Lordon behind the camera, and uh, he does our editing and recording, and it makes it so that you are able to watch it and listen uh, to our podcast. Uh, for those who hasn't listened in the past, uh, we, we like to base, and I know I say this every time, we base this on uh, Colossians 2-7, which speaks of us becoming more rooted in Jesus Christ uh, so that we can build our lives upon Him, so that we can grow in Him, and uh, we can flourish as Christians. And if you've watched in the past, you know that uh, we, that happens through a variety of ways here. We either look at a biblical topic, a certain scripture, and then sometimes we interview various Christians to learn their testimony and uh, hear insights uh, from them to see uh, what they've learned through their life and uh, for them to share with us. And uh, today I'm excited to be joined by Brother Mark Smith, and uh, he is a member here at Red House Baptist Church, and he does a lot of other stuff too. And uh, thank you for joining us today, Brother. I'm glad to be here. All right, introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us a little about yourself. All right, well, like Joseph said, my name is Mark Smith. Uh, I am uh, a longtime member here at Red House. I've been uh, a member here since I was 11 years old, oh, wow. 11, 12 years old, somewhere around in there, and um, got started uh, with my family. Uh, we came here for the youth program, so uh, however long that is, 35 years or so, uh, maybe longer than that, but okay, considerably longer than that, <laughs> but um, uh, uh, got married here. In fact, we're sitting in an area of the church uh, that used to be the sanctuary okay. where I got married. Okay, so, so before the, the big area bef- was built? Before the new sanctuary was built, this was the sanctuary. So uh, my wife and I, Pam, we got married here in uh, 1990, and tomorrow's our 34th wet- 31st wedding anniversary. So you remember it? Uh, uh, well, yes, today I remember it. So we'll <laughs> see if tomorrow when I wake up I remember it. But uh, we have two children. My son is uh, 28. Um, he is married. He's a physical therapist in Lexington. His wife, Nikki is also a physical therapist, and uh, our daughter is 24, and she lives in Atlanta, and she is uh, she's in retail and looking to get into uh, uh, a different uh, job, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. God's, God's got a plan for her. So um, I, I just retired. My wife and I both taught for 30 and 31 years, and we just retired from teaching, and uh, we've spent the last year with the pandemic, trying to figure some things out, but uh, it's you been taught good. taught here in Madison County all that time? I taught at Madison Central all 30 years, okay. and my wife taught in uh, Madison County for 31 years, so she got a year on me. Okay. Uh, so, but yeah, it's been good. Take us back to, you said you've been, you uh, started coming here when you were done 11 years old or became mm-hmm. a member here. Take us back to tell us about when you got saved and became a Christian. Well, actually, I was I was saved at the age of eight before we came here, okay. and it was a Broadway Baptist church, and um, which is here in town. Uh, we'd been going there since I was born. So my first memories of church were at Broadway Baptist Church. And um, I can just remember during a Sunday morning church service, mm-hmm. uh, as an eight-year-old, your understanding of, of the gospel and your understanding of you know, God's desire for your life is sort of limited. But wasn't, what wasn't limited was my understanding of the conviction that I felt by the Holy Spirit at the age of eight. I broke down. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell you what the sermon was about. I couldn't tell you the song that was sung at invitation. But uh, I can describe to you to this day the feeling that I had of being convicted of the fact that I needed Jesus Christ in my life and that I was a sinner. Even mm-hmm. at eight, you know, I, I knew I was a sinner. So um, th- that was really... Uh, uh, 
a testimony that for years I didn't think was very interesting or very exciting, to be honest with you. I'd heard people talk about uh, the difficulties in their lives and the struggles that they'd gone through and hitting rock bottom mm -hmm. before they came to know Jesus. And I thought, man, what a powerful testimony. And mine's, I was an eight-year-old, and I just felt the Holy Spirit. You feel like a little embarrassed. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You know, I got a lousy testimony. Exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, as, as I've gotten older, you know, my, my testimony, I'm so thankful for that testimony mm -hmm. that I've had this long walk with Jesus. And, uh, uh, you know, and it's not been a completely consistent walk, but uh, certainly it's been one I've been blessed in. Yeah, and any any testimony of becoming to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's something to celebrate. It's it, awesome. it is a big deal it, it, that someone can come to God and have a relationship with Him. That's a miracle it in itself, is. no matter how large it sounds. You know, it's an awesome testimony for just sounds kind of simple. Kids yeah, say it's and it is. It's it's simple, but it's that simple for uh, for anybody. Yeah, you know, that's if you true. just uh, uh, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a gift, and you know some people struggle to accept gifts, and that's what it is. And uh, but you know I, I was convicted of that, mm -hmm. and uh, like I said, my understanding wasn't all there, but uh, man, the conviction was. What's know. kept you here at Red House so many years? You know, we raised our family here. Um, we uh, ha have always. Uh, it, it's funny. Uh, I've told Brother Darren this, and I've told other pastors that I feel like every time I'm sitting in the pew at church, uh, the preacher's preaching at me. I'd appreciate it if they'd preach at somebody else <laughs> rather than just me on occasion. But uh, it's a Bible-believing church. You know, it, we don't mince words. We don't pretend that um, the Bible is anything other than the inspired Word of God. It's mm -hmm. God-breathed. And if you stick to that, then God will be here. His Holy His Spirit will be mm -hmm. here when we gather, and that's uh, something that I firmly believe. And and we've never deviated from that. You know, like any other family, and that's what we are here. We're yeah. a family. Like any other family, there's times that are you know you have growing pains and and things of that nature. But this has always been home. Yeah, there's always going to be difficulties along the way. Sure, but it's it's awesome to hear that you've been here so long and. You, You've stayed and raised your family here. Absolutely. Uh, in your years of being a Christian and, and working as a teacher, what's some things about your Christian faith that's really helped you or strengthened you in your in your walk with Christ throughout your career and in your life? You know, it, I have been so blessed in my life. I was raised in a Christian home by Christian parents. Um, church was always important. But, you know, beyond that, and I, I've learned this as I've gotten older, um, not everybody who was raised in the church, not everybody who was raised by Christian parents was raised necessarily in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents demonstrated Christian life. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they showed me what a marriage looks like. Um, they showed me what being a living out a Christian life is like. And I'm not trying to pump them up like they're perfect. Right. Uh, they set the example. Man, for they set a great example for me. So... Um, and not just for me, but for my wife and for my children as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I was fortunate there, but um, I've always been blessed that there has been a church family that I could lean on. Uh, you know, I, I look at and I can name several people within the church, mm -hmm. older couples who were great examples. Um, but um, th they've kept me grounded in my faith. So um, 
it, when I think about that, certainly there are struggles, and I, w- I don't want people to think that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, problems go away. Right. They don't. No. Um, but mine have been so few, and when I look back on them, I have to really think about what have been the difficulties in my life because he's blessed me so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blessings are many, and the worries are few. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sometimes when you look back, the, the blessings will outweigh all the worries, and you say, well, yeah, that was a struggle, but God blessed in the situation. Absolutely. And there, there have been many times. We, we just started the study of Job in our, our Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're talking about struggles. And that kind of got me to think, and I was asking my Sunday school class to think about difficulties in their lives that they've come through. Maybe they're going through right now. And it, it forced me to think about some of the things in my life that have been tough you know, God has a way of, even in the midst of that, blessing our family or our uh, sickness or any of a number of things through those tough times. Yeah. Uh, I noticed even through my life, and I'm 24, so I'm a little bit younger than you. Not, a little not bit. A whole lot. Just not, a little bit. Just a little bit. bit. Uh, you, any struggle that we went through in family with the illness or whatever's happened in our lives, the having a church home has been... Uh, really essential that, you, that no matter what's going on in your life, you know you have a place where you can gather with other believers and worship God together. It's really been foundational for me. And that kind of leads me to in the next question. I know you teach Sunday school here. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing that? You kn- I knew you were going to ask me that. So uh, I, I was thinking, okay, when did I start teaching Sunday school? And the only thing I can tell you, somewhere between probably 22 and 27 years. Oh, wow. But I don't, I don't, I couldn't Somewhere give around the, there. Yeah, somewhere around there. So it's been a long time. My, my wife and I were kind of teasing the other night that when we started teaching uh, our first Sunday school class, mm-hmm. and uh, she's always been right by my side, and she's always, she's very quiet, but uh, around others. And uh, she's always been a support, but... Uh, I said, you know, when we started teaching Sunday school, we taught the young married couples class. <laughs> and we've just continued. continued We're not so much the young married couples class anymore. Groups. We're a different age group. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's been really cool. Why has Sunday school been important to you? And what is, what is so important about having Sunday school and being involved in a Sunday school class? I know every church might have a different name for mm-hmm. it. They might have small groups and, and different things. But here Red House, we have Sunday school classes, and what's important about that to you? You know, it's, uh, we again, we've been so blessed to have a great Sunday school classes, and, you know, I love our worship service, and I love the music, and I love the, the corporate worship mm-hmm. with a large body and hearing uh, God speak to us through pastors and their message, but, you know, when you, when you get into a Sunday school class, that's really, I think, the, the basis of ministry in a church, because you can't know as a pastor or as uh, a deacon even or what is going on everywhere and in every family. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you get a smaller group like a a Sunday school class, you're talking about a core group of individuals who share not only a study of God's Word, and you can ask questions uh, and say, you know, I don't understand this. Can somebody explain it? And you've got a group of Christians who say, you know what? I've walked that walk. Mm-hmm. Here's what I've learned. Here's what God has taught me through that. And it's just awesome to be able to see that. But also, whenever someone goes through something difficult, 
it's someone to share that with. Mm -hmm. And when someone goes through something great, a celebration, you can't wait to share it with them. And uh, it's just, it's a solid group of Christian friends that we get to share our lives together. You know, as I was younger, I used to think Sunday school was just a place, you know, the teacher goes and talks a lot. <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it's the boring thing you do before the worship service. I'm just being honest. That's, sure. that's what I used to think. But now being here at Red House, I began to see the community that's mm -hmm. involved in each Sunday school class, how they're able to share with one another, even during the pandemic, how people were able to keep up with one another and uh, encourage each other uh, through that time. But So it is important to be involved in a Sunday school class, although it's important to go to the worship service, it's important to have that group uh, it, that it you is. can share you know, with. Joseph, that's a double-edged sword because um, sometimes it seems like it's a closed group. Mm -hmm. And like, the, here's a group of people and they're talking about something that happened two years ago and they're laughing about it together. Our Sunday school class isn't, I hope, we try not to be like that. We want to be an open group that says, come join us and come be a part of this family. Mm -hmm. And there might be those times that it says, oh, do you remember when Doug said this or when, you know, Mark did that or, you know. Right. But still, it's... It's an open environment that we're not shut down into our small clique. I don't want it to ever be a clique, and I don't think they're like that here. I, I think we're, I think we're inviting, welcoming. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. Another part of Sunday school I mentioned earlier was so we. It's it's an area. It's a place where people can go and encourage one another. Mm -hmm. If they're going through a need, having a surgery, you, they know they're going to have people come around them, pray for them, support them. But also the the educational part of it, because it does seem to dive deeper into a certain subject or, you know, it stays according to a lesson plan. What is important about teaching and learning as a Christian to you? I mean, you're a teacher and you teach Sunday school. What, right. what, what's education part of it that's important to you? Well, first of all, it's a plug for Lifeway. They do a tremendous job with uh, uh, the literature that we mm -hmm. get from them. And one of the reasons that I really like to teach is because it forces me into a deeper study. Um, I don't have the option of saying, I didn't read the lesson this week. Um, you know, I just kind of, you know, I'll show up and yeah. I'll kind of, you know, read that. Yeah. And I, I'm not being critical. I'm simply saying that in teaching, I don't have that option. You have to know so what's going on. I've got to know. Yeah, I, I've got to get into the scripture. I've got to study the scripture. I've got to look at some of the background passages. And, uh, but you know, and this is true in the classroom. It's true in the Sunday school classroom. Sometimes the most important thing a teacher can say is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, Got to be careful to talk about something with some kind of an authority that you just don't have. And, you know, I was told many years ago when I started teaching that, uh, you know, you're going to be held to a different standard. Mm -hmm. So I had to think twice, three times, four times, pray about, do I need to be doing this? Is this something you want me to do? Because... I am going to be held to a higher standard. Right. And uh, you're being in a leadership position exactly. when you are teaching Sunday school. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's so good to be able to have a discussion mm -hmm. about God's word and to hear other people talk about what it has meant to them. And uh, it's so cool because, you, you know, even as we study Job, this is not the first time in 20 some years I've been teaching yeah. that we studied Job. It's the first time in several years mm -hmm. that we've done this. But how God's Word 
grows in a sense mm -hmm. that you're understanding that, you know, I know I studied this before. I know I've read this before. But how God enlightens us as we grow with him. It's, it's really cool. I've experienced that in my personal study of reading through Proverbs this month. And I've read through Proverbs multiple times, but it's like, I forgot that was in there. Absolutely. It's like, you know, I've been highlighting my Bible up, and it's already been highlighted once. I've already read it once or multiple times. You know, Proverbs. Absolutely. Just because you, the more you revisit a scripture, the more you actually can learn from it. You don't just learn and then you move on. And, right. And what you said about preparing for Sunday school class, I teach the third graders. And I have, to, and it takes time to, you can't just walk in the room and, you know, teach the kids no. whatever the story is because the kids are going to have questions. They want to learn. They want to know. And I also have to figure out how I'm going to take this message that I'm reading about and present it to kids. To a, yeah, to a third grade. Right. Absolutely. So it is a challenge, and it does challenge me to get into the Word more uh, weekly uh, for myself to learn so that others can learn. And, and my desire is, I know they're kids, but any time I present a message, and I'm sure you think so as well, it's to hint people so that they're wanting to dig more as well. It's to give them an appetizer so that they're going in through their week and they're digging even more. Absolutely. And learning and growing. Absolutely. And just how, and, you know, you talk about you know, a third grader and, uh, you know, we're constantly referred to in the Bible as children. Mm -hmm. And um, so much, even as we looked at last week's lesson, you know, Job not fully understanding, not understanding at all while all these awful things were happening. He just... He can't know. Behind the scenes, we know as we read God's Word mm -hmm. that this was Satan using Job as a way to, to try to really get at God. And uh, Job didn't know that. Right. Job didn't have that, that understanding, but he did have trust in God that, that God has this. God has mm -hmm. him. And it's, it's really cool that as, as I'm in a different point in my life than I was maybe five years ago when we did a deeper study, uh, it means something mm -hmm. different to me now. It means yeah. more. And I think it's thinking about Job. And, uh, Job was a spiritual man who was in tune with God, and still he had questions. Sure he did. Still he had doubts, but he continued to trust God anyway. Absolutely. Uh, so you're a deacon here as well? That's correct. And what does that mean? You know, from the very beginning, and this was about... And again, I'm horrible. I'm a former history teacher, and I'm horrible with dates. Um, but from the very beginning, it was about service. It was about what can I do to help other people. Mm -hmm. um, and that that's what I view as my role as a deacon is. It's, it's a servant. It's to free up uh, Brother Darren, to free up Brother Shama, uh, Dwayne and Linda to be able to do what they do so that we can minister to the needs of people. Now, one of the things that we did almost as soon as I came on is we went from a deacon family ministry plan to the deacon ministry being through Sunday school, mm -hmm. that that was an avenue already set up that the deacons could serve uh, and minister through Sunday school. And we'd already talked about that, that that's one of the great uh, things that Sunday school allows you to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's the way I've kind of viewed that role. And, uh, you know, I think some people maybe see it as a little different, like, you know, you're a leader. Well, it's a servant, servant. leader. That's what the word means. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different kind of leadership. 
in that, you know, I'm, I'm not dictating, I'm not claiming that God has, you know, sent me to go bring this message, but, you know, God has sent me to be a servant so that those that he has called into the ministry can minister. Mm -hmm. And we can take care of, of the needs that come up in any church and any group. So uh, that's the way I've always viewed my role as a deacon. So um, in that role as a deacon, how long has that been? <laughs> 15 years, maybe. 15 years, yeah. okay. In teaching history, I'm going to shift gears a little okay. bit. What's your favorite topic in history? U.S. history, world history, religious history? Well, the first 14 years of my career, I taught uh, world civilizations, uh, political science, and um, law and justice. Then the last 16 years of my career, I taught U.S. history and advanced placement U.S. history, which is more of a college class. Mm -hmm. Um I enjoy teaching. I, I really do. In terms of uh, what I enjoy teaching, I've enjoyed all of it. I, I really have. Whatever it is I'm teaching, I try to dig into it, and I enjoy it. I enjoy seeing how the pieces of the puzzle kind of fit together. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I enjoy seeing um, uh, kind of how one seemingly small event changed the course of history, mm -hmm. that you go on a completely different trajectory as a result of this one seemingly small event. So I, I think those types of things are cool that, that when you study history. And then, plus, I think I have probably a greater insight than many, uh, I don't know about most, but than many into, you know, even current events that right. we, we look at things and people say, well, you know, I don't understand why D.C. is not a state. I know why. Yeah, yeah, that I know, exactly. I know, I know yeah. why. There's a reason that, no, that we set yeah. up a district of Columbia, and that's not the actual state. So, you know, th those are the types of things. That, More insight on current culture. On sure, current absolutely. Things going on in absolutely. the world. You have a favorite book? Uh, you know, it, it, we're doing a podcast at Red House Baptist Church, and of course, I would say the Bible. But you know, just in terms of a, uh, um, just a great book that I've read. Um, Team of Rivals was written by Doris Kearns Goodwin, and it was about uh, uh, the Lincoln administration. Okay. And the first two or three hundred pages of that book was work, mm -hmm. and I just I put it down and said, ah, I'm tired of this. You know, I, it's so slow, and there's so much detail into this letter to this person, and but you know, it it hit a point that we get to the 1860 uh, Republican convention. And everything just kind of came together in the book, and mm -hmm. it just—it it was a fascinating read. Uh, so you know, that's that's uh, that's one of my favorites because of that. And and the thing I also liked about it was the bibliography was about sixty or seventy pages at the end of this okay, long book. So, so she had really researched. Had the research, it. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't just speculation, and you know, we're going to throw this out for our modern culture, you know, to devour. This is a heavily researched book and it was well written and that's one of my favorites. I know it's a little off topic but I just I enjoy yeah. history so I'm just curious if uh, you had anything any favorites uh, that you suggest. Yeah that, that, that was it's like I said it was a tough slog the first two or three hundred pages but uh, after that it was just uh, it was really a wonderful book. Wrapping things back up do you have any closing thoughts on your own Christian life on how Sunday school can benefit people or what you've learned through your life? 
Yeah, you know, I just, again, and I, I've talked about this already, but I have been so blessed in my life. I just, uh, when I was younger, you know, I probably tried to do more things. I probably tried to solve more problems. Mm -hmm. I probably tried to hang on tighter to what I could do. And as I have grown in my walk, I've realized just how little impact I've had on my own life and how much impact God has had on my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just trusting him more. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I don't worry. I really don't worry about too many things. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've learned in, in my life to pray and let things go. That God is huge. It's funny. I, I have a really good friend, and he and his wife are getting ready to build a house on a farm. And he said they went out and they looked at the stakes in the ground, wow. and they were like, this is tiny. You know, we thought we were building a pretty big house, but this, this is tiny. And I told him, I said, you don't think that's perspective? You know, because if you're looking at a tiny little lot in the middle of town somewhere, and you see those stakes, it's going to look huge. It's going to look huge. Yeah. But on a 50-acre farm, it looks small. And I just kind of got to thinking that that's, those are the problems in my life. Mm -hmm. The perspective is if I give them that room, they're going to look huge. But I've got a God that is gigantic. My problems are nothing to Him. And I don't mean that they're not important to Him, but... He can fix them just like that. In light of eternity, in light of the whole world. Absolutely. It's sometimes we make this big of issue out of, you know, a huge issue. And what something always helps me is to remember who God is. Yeah. And I think sometimes Christians forget who God is. That he's not just a fictional character in right. the Bible. He's, a, he's real and uh, he is all powerful. He is all knowing. And if, if we believe that, then that changes everything. It, really. it should. It should. And, and it's still, it's it's not something that I think you get to yeah. at, at a young age. I think that's something that as you grow and you see the evidence of it, you don't just read about the evidence, you see the mm -hmm. evidence of how great God is. Experience. A absolutely. And he's not a genie in a bottle, mm -hmm. he's not for emergencies. He's not break the glass, let God out, fix your problems, and then, you know, replace the glass, put him back in, and then go live your life. He's, he's more than that, mm -hmm. you know, and he, he has to be. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be at the core of that, and he has been. I've, I've been fortunate in my marriage. Uh, God has always been at the center of that, you know, and I, again, standing right over here in this part of the sanctuary, that's what Brother Dan talked about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the rope and the three cords and, and so on and so forth, that, that meant something to us. And, you know, so we, we have continued to do that, and we've been blessed. Like I said, 31 years tomorrow. I hope I remember that tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great experience. And Sunday school has always been a part of our walk as a couple. We've always been involved in Sunday school. I appreciate you coming on and well, talking good and to sharing be with us. And I'm a talker, so, I, no, so I that works. It. it definitely worked good. I appreciate you coming on. And but thank you for listening today. If you ever have any questions or want to know more about our church, you can visit our website, redhousebc.com. You can also like uh, Rooted27 on Facebook, follow us or subscribe on the Apple or Google Podcast app as well. Thank you for listening.